Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. And I'm Steve. But before we get started, don't get me started on rational patheism, or we might be here for the next three hours. <laughs> Incredible. And this week we are looking at Season 5, Episode 13, The Maris Counselor, in which Niles discovers Maris's infidelity in the most unlikely of places. I'm not going to ask you, Sue, about rational pantheonism, because I'm sure we're going to get onto that delightful subject uh, later. Have you ever used music to set the mood? That's oh, my question for you. You don't have to go into any sordid details unless you'd like to. Um, I will say that I haven't, but I have been with people who have. <laughs> oh, as in, as in to seduce you? Um, I think more, to, I don't know. Is it, it's a Or to like, relax themselves? Yeah, I think it's just sort of, is it just to mask noises? Is that why people do it? You know, it's a bit mm. like turn the lights on, turn the lights off. Is it kind of covering up anything that could be slightly, oh, you know, or like embarrassing it, the morning or, after? Yeah, or sort of not let the neighbours hear, maybe. But I'm, I'm not Niles. I wouldn't go in and sort of dance around and put piano music on to try and. That's I sad. No, yeah, to did that for. that's a shame because in my head I can see you rose clench between your your teeth. Kind of gyrating to a bit of, you know, Stevie Wonder or Marvin Gaye. Or more like Bulldog with a feather tucked down my pants. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listeners, please do let us know. Have you ever used music or, you know, sounds in general? Maybe it's the Amazonian rainforest ambience that you've used to to seduce a significant other. Please let us know. Um, Before we get to the review, of course, we need to tuck ourselves into the coziest place in town. Trivia Corner. You ready, Steve? I am ready. Let's go. Excellent. So going back a while now, so the last, these were posted two months ago. Just shows how long it's been between episodes. Obviously, we're all super busy. That is why it's taking ages to get episodes out. We're really sorry about that. Key is currently in the process of moving house. He's probably not going to be around for a few weeks at least, though he, he is eager to get back. Um, so beautiful to have Mr. Steve Newton here for the ride. So Mr. Ham Winston's first question for you, Steve. The two Davids, Angel and Lee, wrote this episode with what third writer? Is the question better for you than me? Because you know writer names, I don't. I think the episode was written by David Lloyd. I didn't know there was three writers. I thought David Lloyd wrote this one. I've got here Peter Casey. And I do recognise the name from credits and things. Well, well, Peter Casey's part of KACL, isn't he? Oh, well, there you go. Um, You've got Lloyd Casey and um, Angel. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I believe he's right, but I thought it was David Lloyd. Okay, <laughs> very, well, I'm going to let you have this out with Hammy. Um, question two. What lie did Frasier tell Niles in this episode that involved Frasier's and, uh, Frasier and a patient? Oh, this is a good question. I would take a stab that it's about the transference. He uh, he has had it before. Fraser says, I've never had a relationship with a patient, but he almost got married to Diane in Cheers. Absolutely superb. Diane Chambers was his patient before they were engaged. I, I question this in that part of the episode where he keeps saying that. I think, no, that's not correct. But in Fraser, it is because he hasn't experienced it. But obviously, if you've watched Cheers, then you'll know that Diane was one of his patients. 
That is that's superb. Well done, Steve. But a great question as well. What is credited to the great thinker Spinoza? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm, I'm assuming this must be a quote from the episode. So I've got here a jaunty aphorism. Um, oh, oh yeah, that's it. You know, I was reminded this morning of a jaunty aphorism, which is credited to the great thinker Spinoza. Um, that's a line from either Nas or Frazier. So what we're I looking for was yeah, Frazier. A great question. I never would have got that one though. A well jaunty done, aphorism. <laughs> Superb. Um, trivia from Little Owler in the Glen. Following Martin's success with Mrs. Crowley. Daphne says that Martin should write a book on dating. What is the title she suggests? It is. Is it How to Get a Date in Two Easy Years? Or... Absolutely spot on. How to Get a Date in Two Easy Years. Very good. Trivia from Little Bobby Briscoe. Before winding up in bed together, how many trips do each of the men make into the bedroom? I love this kind of question. Do you know what? I almost gave this question for you. I didn't even write it down. Um... So it's going to be a stab in the dark. I want to say we always go with the rule of three. So I reckon it's it's going to have to have been three each. Do they go three each? You don't know. Surprise you to know, Niles comes in and out four times. Shankman five. That's a lot. So, higher than that, actually. Yeah, we're we're kind of pushing those typical tropes a lot north. Um, but some lovely questions there. Have you got some for me, Stephen? I have indeed. I've Excellent. got the question number one is, how late is Niles for the group session? Ooh. I'm going to take a stab at 25 minutes. Oh, I thought you were going to get it there. 20 minutes. Oh, <laughs> God damn. <laughs> God damn. Good question, though. I will warn you now, they're all they're all number related. Mm. Uh, question number two is about a title card. Oh, dear. And it actually says this. So it says the answer in the title card. But my question to you is, what is the going rate for closure? Oh. Think of the scene where Niall throws the ring. If, That's where you... the title card comes. Just before that, it says X. Price is the current going rate for closure. So he throws the ring off the balcony. Um, I'll warn you, no one says it. It's literally in the title card only. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything I can use to work it out? Nope. <laughs> literally, it is a price which is the going rate for closure. I don't know if this is what he then had to pay when it dents his Mercedes. I'm going to say $180. It is $1,411.80. Wow. Because that sounds like too expensive for the car repairs, but too cheap for a ring that he would have through the Maris relationship. Yeah, I don't know where it comes Damn. from. The title card just says $1,411.80 the going rate for closure. So I, I presumed like it was the car damage. I don't know. I like that. Um, question number three. How old is Mrs. Crowley's mother? Oh. Keep in mind that Mrs. Crowley is slightly younger than Martin, who is around 65, 66 at this point. I'm going to guess she's 82. She's 86 years young. Oh, I can hear the, I can hear the years young. Um, God damn. That's some cracking questions. Is that your three? That is my three, I'm afraid. Superb so. three questions. Did I, I, don't, I didn't get any right, did I? So. 
You didn't, but you were very close on two of them. You were eight. Oh, eight story eight, of my life. Twenty. <laughs> story of my life, Steve. Um, okay, over to our boy Mischief Knight. He says, question one: What time is it when Niles first enters the bedroom to be with Maris? Oh God, is there a clock on the wall? I'm supposed to have noticed. There here. isn't. There are there are verbal cues given by people that allow us to work this out. Roz tells us Niles called to say he's stopping by at blank, and shortly after arriving, Niles tells Frazier in a half hour. Right. For me, it's not going to be six or six thirty or six forty. That, that they never use six. I think that's that's really weird and true actually yeah well, it's always an evening isn't it six o'clock never seems yeah. to be mentioned um i'm gonna go with so what was the question the question is what's the time that when Nile... he first enters the bedroom to be with maris okay i'm gonna say half past eight. Oh my god i thought you were gonna get it half seven <laughs> half seven i really thought you were gonna get that then um question two so there's there's two parts to this um because there's a little bit of a trickery in there that I think you'll work out. What colour are Niles's PJs? Right, okay, so I'm thinking the trickery is the fact that Shankman's wearing them. I knew you'd get it. You are good, you. You are good, Steve. But mm. is he asking me which colour Shankman's wearing or what colour? Not is that the two parts you're That's saying? That's the two parts. He wants he wants both. So what colour are Nars's PJs? What colour is Shankman's? I'm gonna go with red and blue, and I don't know which way round they are. <laughs> Niles has navy blue and Shankman's are purple. Looking for purple. Shankman and Niles and Martin all describe women in this episode. What are the descriptors used for each? This is oh, good. This um... is good. Niles describes Daphne, doesn't he? He does. Pure, clean, and... I don't, I don't know. Pure, clean, and attractive. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't... I mean, I'm, I'm giving you the point. Clean, pure, and decent. But oh, to like, even be knocking on the door there is, is superb. Um, Shankman's description is Maris, isn't it? I think. Yes. Warm, kind, and unselfish. Warm, nurturing, and unselfish. So I'm again, I'm I'm giving you the point. You're getting sixty six percent of these right. And then um, Martin describing Mrs. Crowley's mother. Martin says Mrs. Crowley's mother is sleepy or polite but sleepy or something. Does he repeat one? Very nice, sleepy. I d- I thought sleepy was used twice. Very nice, sleepy, smiled a lot, bad memory. Bad <laughs> well, memory. <laughs> really, really superb, superb question there. Um, a few more from our trivia cadre. Lovely to see them, uh, as always. Trivia from Father Mike. What remark does Shankman have for Nas's pyjamas? Oh, I thought this was a good insult. Is it they bind in the crotch? They do. Is he suggesting there that Niles' package is smaller than Shankman's? I presume that Shankman was packing a bit more, yeah. Packing a bit more heat. (laughs) There we go. Uh, Trivia from Niall Crane. During the closing credit scene, Miss Crowley's mother brings a covered dish to Martin. Turns out there's nothing under the lid. 
However, the same dish is seen in what episode? Ooh, this is hard. I, I know that it, I, I have seen that in the past there's trivia about that dish being used. I can't think of the episode. I believe it's something to do with Daphne taking it to Joe's house. Oh my God, it is. I can't tell you the episode. I have no idea of the recollection of that. I just know that I'm sure Daphne took that dish out. I'm sure it was to Joe's I mean, when she cooked him something. That's worthy of a point, of a bonus point. <laughs> Season three, episode nine, Fraser Grinch, as Daphne well, takes her Grammy Moon's blood pudding to Joe's for the Christmas meal with his family. There we yeah, go. I can't. I can't remember where I read it either. I, I've read it or heard it somewhere that someone said that that it is. It, is it a white dish with a blue thing around the outside of it or something? Isn't I it? think yeah. so. Yeah. You think um, that he used a different prop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and our final question, Trivia Corner this week, to see us home for the review. Who out of the... Oh, it's from Trivia from Run For Your Life, I should say, Amy. Uh, who out of the two callers does Frasier end up speaking to, and what was the caller's made-up situation? <sighs> the only name I can think of is Roger. Is it Roger? Yes, one it of is. Roger. I can't think of who the other one is anyway. And I don't know which one he was. He was either bedwetter or transsexual congressman or something. I've got a moth in here or something. Sorry. Oh, no. um, <laughs> I've joined the group of... There we go. Look, look at that. No. Um, <laughs> there it is again. No, there it there is, is again. Um, I think it's Roger, but I can't remember. Is he the bedwetter? God, I'm afraid he's the transsexual running for Congress. Um, so you were you were close, but it's Roger the transsexual running for Congress. Um, lovely, lovely questions. Thank you all this week. Um, superb as always, and quite a few listener mails to uh, to have a little check itchy check of as well. Um, shall we jump into the review, Steve? Yeah, let's head over. Excellent animation watch this week. Hit me with it. I believe it was lights coming on. Lights of. coming on on the skyline. Classic, delicious. Quite, quite nice one. Quite nice. Very classy. Um, it's ratings week at KSCL. Remind me, is ratings week something we see multiple times throughout the run of the show? I thought this, and actually I was in a blind panic whether we would be recording this during ratings week and whether we would actually get, you know, five stars on Spotify. Well, or, that is you know, the big worry. Is someone going to give us another rating that says, you know, we weren't... More direct <laughs> relevancy. I should know that. I, I mention it more than you do, I think. <laughs> the best quote ever. Um, yeah, I mean, ratings week, I think this is the only time, hopefully a listener can write in, probably Corey, if we're not right on that. But I don't believe they mention ratings at any other point. We hear the CBs a few times, but this seems to be the only time that Ros is ever panicking about ratings going up or going down. And no mm. one else in KACL, I think, even appears in this episode to see whether their ratings are going up. I don't think we see Gill or Bulldog desperately flying around trying to get their ratings up. So That's a good point. It, an interesting topic. I don't even know if... I mean, does that actually exist in radio? Do they have ratings week? Do they look at the ratings and pay people differently on how many listeners they have? There'll be some sort of uh, audit system, I bet, for the quality of the of the talent. It just reminds me, obviously, being in education, Ofsted coming into a school or whatever, yeah. it's the same. You have 24 hours notice or whatever. Everyone's panicking. It's a horrible <laughs> environment, you know, to, to, to be working in for that week. But it is, you know it's that panic of suddenly everything needs to look perfect, even though we all know that's not what the the way the world is. But as you kind of alluded to there, we really see Roz's just amazing value to the, to the radio show, to Frasier. Um, like her value as an employee here kind of just sings through, doesn't it? 
I think some of her questions to the uh, the callers. I mean, <laughs> have you ever wet a bed with someone else in it? A lover? <laughs> and what's so the other good. one? I can't even remember how she gets to the transsexual running. Have you ever thought about running for Congress? Well, I guess I could. Brilliant. Do you want to be on the dock or not? <laughs> so, so good. They've rung in with completely different actual problems. <laughs> and she's just embellished and gone with it. And, and then suddenly he's a transsexual um, bedwetter or whatever it is running for Congress. And right. he's like, <laughs> yeah, fine, if that gets me a conversation. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, the, uh, the, the line from the, the callers in... Um, when she's like persuading them to, you know, embellish their stories to get on air, he's like, you know, have you ever wet your bed with someone in the, uh, you know, in the in bed with you, you know, a lover, blah blah blah. And he's like, um, I guess the third one. <laughs> like, just there's just something about the delivery, like the third one, not actually saying what it was out loud, but like you having to kind of go back and remember what the third one was. That well, pun just works so super superbly well. Well, like I say, this it's the same as when she says, "Have you ever run for local government or Congress?" And he goes, "Well, I guess I could." And she goes, I "Great, guess I you're could." <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, very, yeah, not not strictly ethical, but uh, my God, does she know what she's doing? Uh, yeah, we cut back to Fraser, and don't get me started on rationalistic pantheonism. Um, I mean, I, I don't actually know what this is because I'm not a philosophy well, grad. I mean, to be fair, in my opening remark, I probably actually butchered that anyway um, because I've written it down, probably not even spelt it correctly from writing it down. And <laughs> I have no idea what it is, and I don't really wish to look it up because it doesn't sound that interesting. It doesn't, does it? I think pantheonism's got something to do with kind of... I know there's the, the pantheon of the gods. So it's like a, a kind of, I don't know, a league of gods. The, the I don't know, the order of gods, something... I don't know. Let's In fact, let's just... Let's have a let's have a Google right now. So is this, pan- is this gonna be worse than the time that I actually made you read out the entire story behind that thing that uh is in Daphne's room that Fraser discovers? Oh my god, <laughs> yes. That was very early on. Mem- uh, members of the audience, if you haven't listened to that episode, go back to Daphne's room. Oh my god, I remember that. <laughs> okay, so I think what he's saying is is pantheism, which which is much easier to to, to define, and I wouldn't have had to Google it. Is a belief that the universe, reality, etc., um, is identical to divinity and a supreme being or entity. Yeah, pointing to the universe as being an imminent creator deity. He was still expanding and creating, which has existed since the beginning of time. Um, Christ, I mean, don't we get me started could go on, on this. Three hours. <laughs> yeah, we really could. This is some. This is some deep shiz. Um, anyone with like some philosophy chops, you know, tell us, tell us what the hell, what the hell, Fraser's is talking about here. Um, I've got here. Oh yeah, Daphne constantly saying a certain someone is asking a certain someone to dinner. Um, you know, where would we be without your Brit sense of? I can't remember what Fraser says. I'm going to put down. Oh, um sense of code cracking isn't it that's it code cracking i mean daphne is is getting on my on my nerves at this point with her her kind of you know little comments here um but the scene is saved with nars's arrival and his delivery of maris and i are back on the expressway to love which is just <laughs> a superb metaphor but caveated with what does he say <laughs> i don't know if i was distracted by that <laughs> <laughs> so well not exactly on the on the expressway but maybe on the on-ramp <laughs> so yeah. you know they're making progress they're kind of moving forward um well, what i actually wrote down there i wrote expressway to love question mark album by journey or bon jovi <laughs> it does sound like that it does sound like that like kind of highway to hell expressway yeah. to love on the expressway to love um can you remember the simile 
or the figure of speech that Niles uses to describe his horniness or Maris's is it horniness. Randy as a stoat. Randy as a stoat. I'm assuming you might be more familiar than I with what a stoat is, considering you're a bit of a, an outdoors gamesman. Kind of like a weasel, really. A little bit, yeah. More like a weasel in a, in a way. I, I thought stoat was actually more of a British thing. Um, but yeah, like a sort of long rodent in a way. Mm. <laughs> I don't think they're particularly, uh, they're a bit of a pest, aren't they, I think? They are, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, when I go over the fields with the dogs and stuff, and you do occasionally see them running from one side to the other, and they are quite cute to look at, but I wouldn't say they're that common. Mm. Um, I'm sure I'm... they are in the underground world and on certain farms you'll find them, but I don't see them all the time. Rabbits are way more common and way more sort of popular in in mating, but yeah, it's quite nice to see the odd stoat. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say, are they famed for their horniness? Rabbits famously are, you know, they live long and prosper. Um, This isn't the only time we hear it, is it? I mean, isn't it, isn't Niles when he's, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the end of the seasons, when Maris disappears, the last time we saw Maris, isn't the painting, hasn't he been painted out and made into a stoat? No, it's a skunk, I think. Skunk, yeah. Maybe I it's a different paint I'm thinking of. Might be a skunk, but I know what you mean. It, this has the the air of a line we've heard before or, or yeah. we'll hear again. Um, but it's 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 just phenomenal. Um, we now go live to the scene of the crime. Um, Maris's, uh, Nars and Maris's bedroom. Nars is in romance mode here. He's scattering petals. I mean, this is another thing. Have you ever done that or been tempted to do the whole petal scattering? It- is very much a 90s trope, isn't it? It's a it very, is. very 90s. Oh, flowers all over the bed. No offence. You're going to start putting roses in the bed. Good luck. Because that's, I think, how you actually get a thorn in your side. That really yes. is where that comes from. And, and if you're lucky, that's all you're going to get. You know, that's the, that's the worst place you'll get the thorn. Um, um, I actually wrote down bedroom. Nars's or Maris's? Mm, because With that's no mean feat. Their bedrooms are across the hall. You've got to push them together. You've got to push um, them together. Because obviously, throughout this whole dancing in and out between him and Shankman, mm. I couldn't work out. I know they said Maris meditates, is it, for an hour before bed or before whatever love, they're going to do? Before lovemaking. So if she's meditating for an hour, how long have they got? Because one of them starts preparing and then obviously Niall starts preparing and they're dancing in and out. When they've actually finished and they start their argument, Maris doesn't appear in the room. Are we <laughs> to assume... Maybe it's towards the last 10 minutes and they just think she's <laughs> cut her meditation early. I don't, I, it, the timing, maybe I'm just analysing it too much. I presume it's that, You cannot do that on this podcast, Dave. You <laughs> cannot possibly overanalyze too much when we get excited about seeing Nervosa's bathroom like last week. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. And if she is meditating, where might she be? The Zen Garden? Um, but you By said, the Koi Pond. But what time is it? Is it half seven in the evening? Yeah, light will be minimal. <laughs> um, maybe she's in the morning room. I don't know. Well, she wouldn't be in the morning room at seven o'clock at night. But uh, if anyone's got any answers as to where Maris is, this is this is our the last time I saw Maris. Where is she before making love to Nars or Shankman? That's what we need to know. Um, Nars is like, hello, Maris, here, and he thinks she's like good to go. Um, Shankman really overdoes it with the spray. I've put here. Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean that's a he's lot. Spritzing. That's a lot yeah, he's spritzing all over the place, isn't he? I mean, what scent do you think he's gone for? 
Oh, that's uh, Aqua Velva. I mean, surely I think he could Aqu- pull it off. Aqua <laughs> what is Aqua Velva again? I think it's actually a really bad '90s clone, isn't it? Is that what it is? And was it like just really horrible, musky? I presume it's their version of. Oh, what's the one we have over here? Oh, I can't think what it is. Oh, um, Wood Spice. It's got a ship on the front of it. I'm sure, it's Ooh. got old, old Spice. Old Spice. That's what old I presume spice. it like. You know, that classic '90s. Everyone had it. Proper um, muskiness. But I mean we see we again in the other episodes when Bulldogs with Roz, we see him spraying perfumes and everything out of his bag. And we we're now seeing the same sort of thing again. Is and is it a feminine smell or is it a male's? Yeah. And what is Shankman putting in there? A perfume for her? Perfume of him? Pheromones? Some, some, <laughs> kind, of, some kind of hybrid. Some sort um... of urine to make her <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's what you do with your hunting. So, you know, is that what he's doing? Lane, trail. He, he does have the air of a hunter about him in this episode. Um, so, yeah, overdoing it with the spray, but perhaps not overdoing it. If he has got pheromones in there, he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, now we have the hilarious, you know, farce of them finding each other in, in bed. Uh, Shankman, the audacity here of him is insane. But for him to say, put yourself in my place, I very nearly did. Um, superb. And again, kind of in that same school of jokers, looks like Frazier won't be the only one giving up his seat tonight. And, you know, <laughs> how far will he go? Time will tell. Just all of these kind of little slightly crude um, kind of jokes here, but just just a really fantastic delivery from DHB. Not just, um, obviously, he says, I'm going to use this phrase badly, but not just because he said about his uh, pyjamas being a bit tight in the crotch, but Shankman's got a lot of balls, purely yeah, because... <laughs> He actually turns around and says, do you think we should put it up to three sessions a week? We've got a lot to work on here. Honestly, what a huckster, man. What a huckster. I just, I, oh. I, you've, got to, you've got to admire him here, don't you? Well, I like the way he says, he sort of says, you should be angry. This is good, Niles. Vent, you should get this out. And then says, <laughs> sessions a week? I think we've got a lot to work on, Niles. I think it's okay. And it's like, and then he says, we're going to get married. You're like, well, there's nothing to work on then. I don't get it. <laughs> Honest to God, it's just, it's just, it's just insane. But it's phenomenal the the two of them in this moment and the kind of dynamic between them. I've got here my next bullet point is tiny talk. I can't remember what that's in reference to. I think it's like, do you know what small talk is with someone? It's tiny yeah. talk. The twenty minutes of people that don't want, don't communicate well. It's tiny talk. It's <laughs> tiny talk. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are all the people there, they're all there for marriage counselling. Yeah, or is it just relationship kind of advice? Yeah, I think it's yeah. couple counselling because he says to the young lady, doesn't it, or the, the the lady, um, is Dan not coming? No, he doesn't believe in this sort of thing, and that's when Niles then has his massive, great big outburst. Yeah, um, obviously, well, you think that, and blah, 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 and gets all sort of shirty, doesn't he? And uh, not Fraser's trying to say, I think he's empathising. We try and empathise. Did I tell you my brother is one of the best in the business at this? <laughs> Don't you dare bring her into this. <laughs> <laughs> She's pure, clean and pure and decent. <laughs> Honestly, it's just he should not be in work here. He's his mental state is absolutely fraught. Um, it's just phenomenal. Just that acting like the the kind of oh no, it's okay. Sometimes we role play. Um, just it's, it's just done so well. And the fact that she the the, the patient kind of goes along with it, you know, to a yes. point, and, and she's kind of really doubling down on kind of like you know, well, this is Carl or whatever her husband's called. Um, yeah, I think her husband's Dan, isn't it? And when, Dan, when, when Dan. When they're all leaving, he, Fraser sort of knocks them out of the room, doesn't he? She goes, you know, 
I've never cheated on Dan. It's, we're perfectly fine. Everything's okay. We just need to. And Fraser goes, yes, yes, anyway. Looking <laughs> 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 her out of the room. Honestly. The delivery of Don't You Dare Bring Her Into This, one of the best line <laughs> deliveries of the of the episode. And then sometimes a marriage is just bad, doomed, and no amount of discussion can save it. Shall we continue? <laughs> Honestly, just the, the, the kind of line deliveries here from DHP and Kelsey kind of in quick succession. Some of the best work in recent yeah. episodes from, from I, here. I mean, I also like the fact, I don't think this is the first time we see David Hyde Pierce do this. It's very much when he's making notes and you see him very much scribble with a pen and he underlines and really hits the pen back down to give a full yes, yes. yes, well, let's <laughs> <laughs> think that and all this. And he gets in, and again, he's getting that bit more shape. I just love the fact that he just really, you hear the pen scribble across there and go Tush, at the end of so the full stops. Yes, well, she's pure and clean and decent. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Um, nice use of the doorbell to get rid of Daphne when we're back at 1901 now because he's on the phone, isn't he, Frage? I and... actually love this scene. I think yeah. Frasier is hilarious with, oh, that's the door then, Daphne. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you ever had to do something of this ilk when you're on the phone to someone you need to get rid of? I think a lot. Do you know what? I, this is bad. I used to have a colleague that literally worked somewhere else on delivery while I was, while I was at work. He would ring me every day, and I kid you not, for like hours, just ring me and then just talk about what he's doing. And I'm like, I'm doing exactly the same thing. I'm just somewhere else doing it. It, it. it was almost like working in the office with someone, and he was just making tiny talk. And I really mean small. And yeah, I was bad. This is a bad friend and a bad colleague. <laughs> I actually used to go, oh, I'm getting another call. I'll uh, I'll call you back. And then just forget to call him back. And half an hour later, he'd call me again. And I'd think, oh, I just want to answer for a bit. I used to buy time. But yeah, quite often I used to go, oh, I'm getting another call. I'm just going to have to answer that. Oh, and just my God. <laughs> so it's this guy a bit just socially unaware. Thankfully, now he doesn't work with us. <laughs> right. OK. <laughs> so it's kind of the job. But yeah, I think it was just a case of he got bored and lonely and fancy chatting. And I was like, I'm kind of like listening to music or something. And then I had this voice droning on in my ear of how bad the job was or how unhappy he was i was like yeah you're bringing me down mate i can't oh I can't my god that it. sounds terrible steve i couldn't do yeah, that it's, it's just well, you you must know what it's like when you've worked somewhere and you just get that one person who literally just wants to drone on and on and oh, they go oh yeah. everything's bad and you go hmm yeah you're right in small doses but it's been an hour now and i, I just want to kill myself so Honestly. Yeah, it was it was kind of that. Oh, look, there's the door. <laughs> yeah, I just I um I that is yeah I can't believe you were able to humour him for so long. Anyway, that's kudos <laughs> to you. But I I can't stand it when you work with people who yeah do just moan about their job all the time and kind of sap everyone's energy. And I'm just like, why are you still here? Then you know, there's a big there's big a, world of job. jobs. Off you yeah. go. <laughs> Off you go. You know, some of us are quite happy doing this. Um, so yeah. Uh, I think we've all got people like that in our lives, and I'm sure listeners will vouch for the Listeners, I'm that. not actually a mean person, okay? I don't... <laughs> no. Steve is far from it. He's a good, good man. Um, I've got here that Niles' acting here is amazing, the way his voice breaks. So, like, this is when he's kind of, you know, emotionally kind of laying out his stall to, to Frasier about... Um, you know his his future with Marius and stuff, and I can't I can't specifically remember the line. I'm going to try and find it on the on the script, but it's, there's a moment very, where his voice breaks, it cracks. Yeah, it, and... I think it's very sad when he first comes through that front door, doesn't he? he sort of enters, yeah. And, um, he just looks at him and he goes, "Me and Maris are over. She loves Shankman. They're getting married. I have no hope, basically." And and you just see him, and I, I actually wrote down brothers hug. 
Yes. Frazier and Niles hug each other at that point. And that was kind of remarkable for me because they've gone through the whole handshake is as good as a hug. Frazier doesn't like hugging people. But when it comes to it and the emotions there, he was there. Do you know what I mean? He didn't falter at all. He went straight to his brother for a hug, which I think is actually quite a nice point. Maybe that shows a bit of evolution on Frazier's side. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really completely agree. And it, it's it's the line where he says, I actually looked up at the house and said, goodbye, Marius. I hope you have a happy life. And he's, yeah. it, it really seems like he's not acting there. It seems like David Hopeus is genuinely choke, choked up. Um, and I just think, you know, God, he really gets this this character and this bloody weird relationship just absolutely mm. nailed on. Um, but yeah, it's a lovely moment between the two of them as, as brothers and them hugging and sharing that that kind of moment together really lovely i think one of the one of the high points of this episode actually and i've kind of i've said that i, I put i love that this moment between the brothers um i put next bullet point martin no her mother effed up um <laughs> i mean how can you get this so wrong martin is you know he's a little he's a little long in the tooth he's a little gray but he's he's got the swagger of a young man and yeah. this is just a very very gross faux pas it's it's a bit awkward isn't it one that it, who at the age of i presume mrs crowley is mid 50s mm. heading towards 60 maybe if her mum's 86 who sets up their 86 year old mum on a date <laughs> i know like just let her enjoy her twilight years in peace you know maybe she doesn't need that 65 you know she's probably young enough i'm not saying it listeners if you are 86 there is someone out there for you please go and get married go and meet a young man yeah but it just seems weird that if your mum was 86, I I mean, I can't imagine my mum's 67 now, and she won't mind me saying that. Um, if they, if my dad wasn't around, I don't think I'd be trying to fix my mum up with someone. Yeah. If in 20 years' time she's 87 <laughs> and I'm 60, I don't think I'll be looking on Tinder for dates for my mum. <laughs> I completely, I com- yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> I get um, the joke, I get why they do it, but I just don't understand why Mrs. Crowley is trying to get rid of her mum in that way. <laughs> I know, I know. Just let the poor woman rest, man. She's been alive for 86 years. <laughs> Just give her some chill time. Let her retire. Also, um, how many people in the show actually live with their parents? You've got Clarice Warner lives with her mum, Mrs. Warner. You've got Frazier yes. living with Martin. You've got Mrs. Crowley and Mrs. Crowley Senior. Mm-hmm. You've got Pam Winston when he appears. His mum comes to stay. Does no one ever move out? I know. It's all very convenient. A lot of, uh, a lot of parents and their children hanging around. Um, there's, not, yeah. there's not many fathers in this. Mm. As a show, there's not many dads. We see Harry Moon obviously appear at one point. Uh, Roz's mum. There's no mention ever of Roz's dad. It just seems like we're all mother based. We're never father based in this show. That's so true. That is a really, maybe, really maybe good point. Easier character to write for. Maybe it's because the three main characters are male. You know, the Crane boys. But yeah, they're kind of playing on that idea of yeah, kind of unlucky in love. And then if there's mothers and daughters around, then there's like lovers for both generations. Yeah. And but yeah, it's a really valid point. Um, brings me on to my next point, actually, as we kind of get towards the end of the episode now. Like, the boys reconciling over their doomed loves is just, like, amazing. Um, you know, this, this for me, is the Crane boys, and kind of Marty just binds them together. And I, just, I absolutely I love this. I love the top trumps of um, Niall saying, what was it, left, by, left my wife, ended up in bed with a lover. And oh, my God. And doesn't look the same. I ended up in bed with a lover. <laughs> just the delivery. 
Kelsey's delivery of divorced twice, left at the altar once. I think I'm love's big loser. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's just it's 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 really beautiful. Like the the three of them kind of sharing the drink, taking the shot. Um, then they move out onto the balcony for one of like the best moments of the three of them, and like yeah. this is just so emotional thinking about that we no longer have John with us and thinking about the the, the re you know the the revival the continuation however we phrase it um just beautiful i love that it's a saturday night so kind of lonely the three of them unlucky in love how many women are out there waiting to be dated but it's cozy you know they say how many women are out there without without a date tonight and just one of my favorite endings in a long time and i just think this, this is a really solid episode like really solid like you say, it's, I mean, it's a beautiful scene, isn't it? All three of them. I mean, I know he's thrown the ring at that point. Niles, isn't that you must say? But before that, you, I think you've got them all leaning on the uh, balcony, haven't you? He goes, how many women are out there? And Niles just goes, thousands. Thousands. Absolutely thousands. Yeah. It's we're just... here. We're desperate. Come on, get us. We're pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> three grains. No waiting. <laughs> um, so, so good. And I think. I might be wrong. You might disagree. You might you might know another episode, but I think this is one of the moments we first see Martin really connect with both of them and realize he actually does really love the boys. There's mm. parts in the past we've seen one or the other, but this one I think he actually levels down to them and actually goes, "Do you know what? These are my kids. I don't care." Um, yeah. You know, there's other parts that they squabble or he takes one side over the other, but this is a point that all three of them realize they're all single. They're all together. Niles is broken, but the other two understand and they will be there for him. And I think that's yeah. quite nice that Martin, again, doesn't go, just get, you know, normally he'd be like, get a grip, don't be emotional. You know, you're just, you're supposed to be a man here, Niles. He doesn't, he goes, you know what, we'll look after you, you'll be fine. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Bit, again, a bit of character evolution, a bit of development for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's some real development um, with the three of them here, and it just it's just a lovely moment for the, for the Crane boys. Um, is this episode in your top 10, Steve? I was very excited watching it, but I hate to tell you it's not. It's very close, though, and I yeah. I went straight on to IMDb and gave it a 9 out of 10, I must admit. I love that. I love to hear that. It's a very good episode. This is a yeah. solid, solid as a rock. Not in my top 10 either, but very good. A commendable one. Uh, who have you gone for for actor pick? I think I'm going to have to go David Hyde Pierce. I think that's it's an easy choice. I know what you said about Kelsey delivering those lines, but I think David definitely brings out a lot more emotion in this episode. And it's an easy Niles episode. It's very centered yeah. around him. You've got his physical acting in the bedroom, dancing, jumping over the bed, you know, the roses, the petals, you've got his crying, you've got his serious side. Do you know what I mean, I, th- I think David really just nails this episode completely. Spot on. You've literally, what I've got written down here, combines the best of his physical acting with his emotional range. Exactly what you've just said. We're on the same wavelength. It's got to be Niles. Um, we get the best of, of DHP in this episode, and it's just, it's superb. Uh, Kennedy Burling, a man on the ground. Has he ever gotten into bed with his wife's lover? <laughs> to the best of your knowledge. Has he ever spoken about this at the bar with you? I don't believe so, but I do know that he does definitely use rose petals in the bed. He and does. He, do, he does his old spice. A little bit of cologne, <laughs> like piano music, slowly played on the on the on the uh, CD player just next to the bed before oh, he dims yeah. the lights. <laughs> oh, before he dims the lights and gets down to business. And Mr. Burling comes in <laughs> from, her, <laughs> from her 
I don't know whatever she's doing down the Zen Garden. Wherever she's been, dabbing at her watercolors, um, <laughs> and Kennedy's ready to go. What a dog! Um, all that remains is to play whose crane is it anyway? Where I ask you one random word, phrase, line from the episode, and you tell me who said it. And it is what the hell? What the hell? I who says what the hell? I'm gonna guess. Martin. I don't know why. <laughs> you are. I don't know why. You are correct. It is, uh, well, she was very nice, sleepy, but she smiled a lot. Showed me pictures of her great grandchildren. She couldn't remember any of their names, but what the hell? She couldn't remember mine either. And then he laughs. Um, so perfect, Martin. Well done, Steve. Shall we tuck ourselves in to listener mail this week? Yeah, let's let's Excellent. Head Would you like me to provide you a link to view it, or have you got a link ready to go? I never have a link ready, as I don't use Reddit as much as I should, probably. Ping don't you worry, I've just sent it over to you now, so let's have there a little butchers. Raz, who's our next caller? Um, and whilst you're navigating over, I'm going to go ahead and read the first one. So, this it. is from our Ain't Nobody's Business If I Do. We've got Perfectly Cromulent Me. Hi, fellas. Good to see you back. Frasier's incredible delivery of what on earth would leave a ring around his underwear drawer is one of my favourite <laughs> lines on the whole show. It's meant to be a joke about how particularly grubby little kids leave a ring of dirt around the inside of the tub after it's drained. So Frasier can't possibly imagine what could have, could have happened in Martin's underwear drawer that would have caused a ring like that. Anyway, it's nice to hear you appreciating Sherry. She was a great foil for Fraser and Niles. Too bad she and Martin wanted different futures for their relationship. Sherry was otherwise perfect for Martin. I always liked her. Take care, guys, and keep up the great work. Here, 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 here. Do you know what? I've never thought of that. What a brilliant explanation as to what would leave a ring around the underwear drawer. It's not on the outside. I've always thought he's on the outside. Why the hell did I think that? This oh, that's is what so... I've always thought as well, but he means like a ring of like grime inside yeah. the drawer. This is so obvious. A ring around it, as in not outside it. <laughs> Honestly, that that's... Yeah, Mine... we, need, we needed that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that thank <laughs> you, Cromulent. <laughs> oh, I'm never going to be able to say this. Imminent Eminence. Oh, nice. Um, hi, Wilkie and Steve. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Well, welcome and thank you for, for calling in as such. Hell yeah. I came across We're Listening by searching for Fraser Podcasts on Spotify, and the rest, as they say, is history. I found the podcast about a few months ago, and it was love at first listen. I've always felt out of place as an American in her 20s, loving shows like Fraser, keeping up appearances as time goes by, and cheers. Now, I've got to interrupt just to say that is four brilliant shows. <laughs> yeah, really. I don't know as time goes by. Um, it's a, I think it's about two old people. There are, I think there might be in a retirement home. Oh, yeah. I'm just looking now. Oh, yeah. A lot of yeah. famous people in. Yeah, it's, it's actually very good. Very good from what I remember watching it back in the 90s. Anyway, sorry, I shall continue. Uh, every episode feels like sitting down with old friends and reminiscing about a show that has given me so much. Thank you, Will, Key and Steve, for keeping me company whilst working retail during the holiday shopping season. Unfortunately, there are still people pushing and shoving for nose hair clippers. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to have finally caught up and can listen in real time. Listening in real time on Christmas Eve was the best Christmas gift and the best way to ring in 2023. Looking forward to so many amazing episodes to come. Yours truly, Imminent Eminence, which I believe their eminence was already imminent before their SIC after the quest. And, and, I, and I wonder if they went to Princeton. Um, truly, <laughs> truly superb. Um, what a lovely comment from Imminent Eminence. So thank you so much. Uh, Sydney Asbasket, Steve, I get to read your comment out. You can read it, but this was a while ago and I do ramble on a bit because the coffee can that we sort of discussed 
is in there, so it will be up to date kind of by now. <laughs> did we have? Did we? We didn't have any nervosity. There's no we? coffee today. No coffee. No. So um, as of so first, let me. Okay, where are we? Let me go down. Current total is at one six seven. But then obviously there's going to be some in Zoo story, which you will have counted at some point, and then I probably forgot to include. Um, I can tell you, I can go back. Hold on, two seconds. So this is a this is a nice. If anyone wants to see Steve's process for keeping track of the coffee count, go there check out this comment. There is two for Fraser and one for Niles. Yeah, oh, a lot of Fraser had in Zoo story. <laughs> amazing, because that takes us to one seventy. Um, which is absolutely superb. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that comment there for people to go take a look at. It's your it's your wonderful workings. It's your coffee counting. He's just jabbering. So if anyone wants to read that on Reddit, head over. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to? Oh, you get the honours of reading that MK's fun bits, which is no, no, no. You haven't read anything, so go for you. Go oh, for well, you are a good man, Steve. Uh, Mischief Knight says, "Gents, I do love this episode of the pod. I very much appreciated Will's cheese reprise or reprise. Uh, fun bits of the Marius Counselor uh, reprise the same office we saw Niles in originally in season three, episodes two, Shrink Wrap. Very yeah, good. Yeah. And the final nail in the coffin for Nails and Maris. A long journey since we first nearly saw her transgress with Gunnar in Season 2, Episode 21. Gunnar! Uh, <laughs> an affair to forget. And the first time divorce was threatened by Maris in Season 3, Episode 8. The last time I saw Maris. I have really. to pick where you just called Niles, Nails. <laughs> Did I say Nails? <laughs> oh Maybe my... I misheard it, but yeah, it just made me laugh. <laughs> I think I probably did. Um, but Stunning, cracking from MK. Thank you, my man. Uh, next up, we have come Winston, Ooh, our boy as we call him. Uh, lads, life is insanely busy, but here are some trivia questions for this week. So, my listener mail contribution this week is unfortunately limited, but remember, you guys rock, and I effing love you all. I will also echo the noise around the support for this podcast, and in particular via Kofi. This podcast is very much loved, and you guys do a wonderful job as hosts. This includes Steve too. Thanks, Hammy. Uh, how many downloads has the podcast had now? Will, that's over to you for that one. Let me tell you all as I navigate over to our dashboard and use this. I'm hoping you're going to answer in Niles and say thousands. Thousands. <laughs> um, I want to use this as an opportunity to say how grateful we are for the continued support. Particularly, we know episodes are not coming in anywhere near as regularly as we like, and that that is a shame. Um, just life is so busy now. Um, I've got a few weeks of break coming up um, in a couple of weeks' time. So, if it, certainly if Key's not around, and you know, Steve, you are, I, I, I see that quite easily as at least three episodes. If there's chance to maybe hit a streak and, and record a couple, you know, in one week, who knows what could happen if we try and catch up a little bit, just make up for lost time. But we will try and get back to some regularity as soon as possible. Uh, we're currently sitting at 328,000 all-time downloads. We've had 13,500 wow. in the last 30 days. Um, and in the last week, 3,000 downloads. Um, so it's, it's small time in the podcast world, but for us, it's absolutely insane and awesome. And yeah, we, we love you guys. Uh, next week, well, it oh, will... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, 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 oh. We're not finished. No, we're not. Much. No, we're not. God, how so, dare you? <laughs> how dare you say that? Um, Felicity eighteen forty says, "Hi guys, I just caught up with the podcast and lo- and love the banter you will have with one another. I appreciate the effort you've put in over the last two years, and I cannot wait to join in on the trivia. 
On the subject of ain't nobody's business, if I do, I think it's important for Frazier to not even question that he'd taken Martin that he take Martin the ring because it shows how much he truly cares for his father. He wasn't a fan of Sherry, but in that moment where he could have said it didn't matter, he wanted Marty to, Martin to be happy and have that moment be perfect. I think that Sherry is also important to remind Martin that love after being a widower is okay, and he can take time after their relationship to process and fully come to terms with those feelings. That way, when in season when in season 11, Ronnie comes into Martin's life, she's the right balance between Sherry and Hester for him in that time of his life. I agree it's a shame that Sherry wasn't in more because I honestly think the actress who played her knocked it out of the park each episode. Have a wonderful time and I'll see you next uh, I'll see you next time up the villa. Wait, something's not right with that. A question for Trivia Corner for the Maris Council. We've got a little question here. During the group therapy scene, there is a book on the shelf behind Niles. What is the subject the book deals with that is prominently displayed on its cover facing the audience? I'm going to say um agoraphobia i'm gonna say modern marriage or something like that you know what i mean it's a couple's therapy group it's got to be is it a book on marriage or you are closer than i it is family therapy family therapy um it's gonna but... go with rationalistic pantheism <laughs> <laughs> but Maybe thank you very therapy. much thank you very much felicity uh 1840 and that just leaves you to read the last one which the perfect ending, <clears throat> sorry, is from Goodnight Seattle. Hey. First time I've managed to comment on a season five episode. Another excellent pod. Thank you, chaps. It was great sadness I realised that this was the last Sherry episode. As I've said in the past, I feel she was a great addition and a perfect foil for both Martin and the boys. Not a single one of Martin's subsequent love interests live up to Marsha Mason's performance. At the very least, they gave her a good amount to work with even though it's a bit of a lacklustre episode. To reiterate, Sherry is a great addition, and I will die on this hill. I will join you upon that hill, and we will die together. I, I do love Marsha Mason in it. I think she's absolutely brilliant. She's, she's superb. a very, very good actress and well played. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that means the next episode that we record, it won't be recorded next week, it'll be the week after that, because I am away off to Snowdonia for a week next week. Um, but it will be with steve the ski lodge and i am very very excited um i feel as, like you're going to snowdonia <laughs> oh my god yeah well, if it's a threesome you're after mr carroll i don't do <laughs> honestly that's because i'm staying in a cottage in yes. uh, in the foothills of snowden um i it, that's crazy it, it wouldn't be a better time to record in 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 real time in person but i think i think if your room's not any good just put a tv in it <laughs> yeah yeah um so excited for the ski lodge an episode i almost feel like i don't even need to watch to make notes on um we're gonna have a lot of fun with that one uh my, my, my last joke about this is when you get to snowdonia are you climbing the mountain uh yes you going up Right, so when you get part way up, can you please turn to Charlotte and say, puts one in mind of the Matterhorn. Well, I'm not very musical, I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, really excited for that. But other than that, and until then, I've been Will. And I've been Steve. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. Ha, 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 ha. 
But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. 